right. You ready, ready? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a brief hiatus, but Amanda and I are back to bring you your weekly true crime case, and we are kicking it off strong, and I am here to make everyone very, very mad. Are you oh, ready, boy. Amanda? I mean, yeah, I guess that's, yes, that's what no. we're here to do. <laughs> that's what we're here to do is get pissed off, but okay. Well, I first want to give a big shout out from my family, cousin Larry Lloyd and myself, to your new fur baby, Pearl. Thank you. Thank yes, you. We, we got a new kitty today. Um, a sweet little kitten, long-haired tabby named Pearl. I named her Pearl after my grandma. And, and she is super cute. precious, absolutely precious. So she if is. Maybe we can talk Amanda into posting a picture of the sweet baby into the group chat or the, the group page. Um, before we kick off the uh, newest case, we do have our very first update on a case that we've covered on Crime Rewind. And unfortunately, it is not a... Uh an update that we wanted to give. Um, yep. I don't know if you guys remember our last case where we talked about the disappearance of Maddie Kingsbury out of Minnesota. Um, unfortunately, on June 9th, a couple of months after she went missing, um, police discovered a body that was located unidentified in rural Minnesota. Um, that same day, Adam Fravel, who is was her partner and the biological father of her two children was arrested um, for second degree murder. Um, the remains were found just off of a gravel road near Highway 43, just north of Mabel, Minnesota. Um, and if you guys remember correctly, that is the highway that the van was seen driving. So police believe that at some point in time, the body was dumped there. Now they had previously searched that area um, but the body was concealed and not visible at the time. Mm. Uh, police were able to locate the body by going through some additional digital evidence um, that led the Fillmore County deputies back to that spot where her remains were discovered. And the Tra traffic cams or that I don't know. Yeah. They really didn't go. Okay. They're, they're being real tight lipped as far as, you know, why it's second degree murder, not first degree cause of death. All of that stuff is really kind of you know held back at this point um the medical examiner's office did confirm that the remains were that of maddie kingsbury um so we are super sad to hear about that um adam fravel currently as of when i wrote this has not made bail he is still incarcerated um and unfortunately has visitation rights with his children is the grim how yeah, the grandparents are required to bring the children to the prison. Um, and if uh, he were to make bail, um, the children would still get to... I don't know whether... I'm assuming it would be supervised, but... I fucking hope so. Yeah. So, that brings us to our case that we're going to go over today. Um, I... I had not heard of this case until I started digging around to see what I wanted to cover for this week. And this has, to, and I know I say this every week, but this is probably the most infuriating case that I have come across just because the level of just dumbassery. Ugh. Like, you'll get it when I, I start going into this. So, okay. With that being said, I'm, I'm going to say that this is like, off the charts on the angry Amanda scale. Like, we do not even have a measurement for this one. Oh, no. Yeah. Might be time for new measurements. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this one is infinite. So, because it's, it's there's so many layers to it that are going to make you angry. Just when you don't think you could get any angrier, something I'm going to tell you, and then you're going to be like, son of a bitch. Oh, man. All right. All right. So, we are going to be going back to... 2005. And we're going to be talking about a beautiful young woman named Lavina Johnson. Now let me start off by sending you a picture of Lavina. 
Why does her name sound familiar to me? It might sound familiar once we go through. It might sound familiar, but I had not heard of her. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Okay, I feel like I've heard the name Lavina recently, but it could just be. Okay, anyway, sorry. Okay. This is Lavina Johnson. Lavina was born July 27th, 1985 in Florissant, Missouri. Um, She is the daughter to Linda and John Johnson. Um, She is the second to youngest of five. And give me just a second. I will send you a picture of her beautiful family. Mm -hmm. I mean, such a sweet family. And they were like the epitome of close. Like they talk daily, you know, super close. So Mm -hmm. Lavina was, like I said, the second to youngest. Um, And she was, when she was 11 years old, if this gives you any indication, when she was 11 years old, she became a paying member of PETA. Oh, wow. Okay. She used her own allowance money to pay her membership dues. She donated blood. She was in the honor roll, like just, you know, the, a good person. Um, So when she was getting close to graduating high school, which she graduated from Hazelwood Central High School, and that is in, um, Florissant, Missouri. So she goes to her dad, who is a psychologist, and says, you know, dad, you have put three kids through college already. And sorry, that's okay. And I are you okay to put two more because she you know, she still had a younger sibling that would have to go through college. And her dad's like, I don't care if I have to work, you know, a couple years because he was getting close to the retirement age. He's like, I don't care if I have to work another couple years to make sure that you and your your siblings don't have to worry about school, you know, the cost of school. But Lavina, being independent like she is, decided, you know what, I'm going to take that burden off of my family and I'm going to figure out a way to pay for school myself. So what does Lavina do? She enlists in the military. Join the military. So she had been there approximately eight weeks. And on July 19th, 2005, just eight days before her birthday, her family was notified that she had passed away. Okay. Um, Her family was notified by a knock on the door, you know, the traditional knock on the door. Yep. And her dad knew right away that it was, you know, something had happened to his daughter. Yeah, that's um, the only reason they do that. (laughs) Right. Because he also was a veteran. And he had, he was actually a contracted psychologist for the military and had been for 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. And the whole time that she was wanting to enlist, her whole family was like, no, 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 we don't want you to do this. You know, it's dangerous for women. We want you, we'll pay for college, you know, just, but she was determined. She was absolutely Mm -hmm. determined. So when they knocked on the door and, you know, advised that she had passed, they immediately said that they would want to consider or that the casualty coordinator, which is who they send, you know, to the door and they're responsible for, you know, bringing the remains back from deployment and all of that stuff, um, suggested that the family would want to do a closed casket. Oh, right. Okay. And the, the person said that it appeared to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Mm. And it was originally um, determined to be suicide by the Department of Defense. Um, but her family, you know, demanded to see her body when it was taken to the, the funeral home. And her dad, like, immediately became suspicious. Um, so he kind of decided he was going to investigate things on his own. Okay. So to kind of go over the suspiciousness of her case, or, you know, so they say that she, now she was five foot one and 110 pounds, very tiny. Okay. And herself was an M16. Okay. 
that she put it in her mouth and pulled the trigger. Hmm. The wingspan of a five foot one person, I'm five foot four on a really good day. And I, I couldn't do that, you know? Right. So that was her dad's first like red flag. He's like, well, wait a minute. And then they sent, or they gave, um, they, you know, let her, let the family look at her and everything. And the family noticed that it didn't even look like Lavina. Um, I'm going to send you a picture oh. of her in her casket. And I'm not going to post. Well, I may right. post this one to the group. It's not graphic or anything. Okay. But her family okay. said that there, if you look at her nose, it looks like it had like reconstructive surgery on it. Which is very, very odd. He was like, so with my experience with guns, the entrance wound, which would, you know, if they're saying it was on the front of her face, like in her mouth, would be small. And it's the exit wound that makes the mess. Right. So she had, a, you know, her broken nose, her jaw was separated. She had oh severe God. lacerations on and around her mouth and her teeth were pushed back. Okay. And this is where we're going to get graphic and I'm going to send you a picture um, this will not be posted on the web or on our page, but okay. if viewers do want to look at it, they can, they can seek these pictures out themselves, but they are graphic. I am going to tell you that. And I've already gotten permission from Amanda to share these. So okay. uh, I'm going to send this to you for warning. It is graphic. Okay. This is a picture of the exit wound. Okay. Her dad who's on the very, top of her head? Yeah. And okay. her dad is like super well trained with with guns and everything. So he was like, you know what? That there's no way that that is an M16 exit wound. There's no way. It would be massive. And he oh. was like, that that's an entrance wound. And that Oh. That's an entrance wound and that's a 9 millimeter. And the angle feels off if it were exactly. to, like if she had done it herself. That's not Exactly. That's not where that would come out. <laughs> right. And it wouldn't be that small. It would be, right. you know, a massive exit wound. So immediately her dad is like, you know, something's wrong. Something's real wrong. And not only that, but her dad, you know, she had an open casket. And then his dad noticed, well, that's weird. She's dressed in her, you know, honor uniform, like full military honor uniform. But her gloves are glued to her hands. What? Yeah, glued to her hands. And he asked the funeral director about this. He's like, is, you know, and the funeral director is like, no, this is not normal at all. So her dad. And who else could have done it? Well, that, the, they're saying her body came that way from. Oh. The, the autopsy and everything was done over in Iraq. And then the body was transported here to the States for burial. Okay. The funeral director, like, no one touched her body except to, you know, put her in the casket once she got to the States. Okay. So, like I said, he kind of decided to investigate on his own. And at first, the Army was real, real hesitant to release any information. Of course. <laughs> but Mr. Johnson, being the dude that he is and the badass that he is, um, was like, well, if you're ruling this a suicide, it's a closed case. So let me get you a Freedom of Information Act request. Right. So they did eventually release her autopsy information um, and photographs, but they were like super shitty. They were like the kind that you would Xerox in like the early 1990s and they would be like all black and white and grainy and gross. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And they sent a copy of the CD-ROM that had her pictures, like the, the pictures taken, you know, mm -hmm. of the crime scene and everything, which you would think would be, like, super helpful, right? Right. Unfortunately, when I say they sent a copy of it, it was actually a CD-ROM put on the copier and copied. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. When I say <laughs> dumbassery, I'm like, okay. Oh, so my then, God. Okay. Yeah. So then her dad's like, wait, I want that CD. And the, the military was like, you don't have any right to that. 
you know, that's, it's got a lot of, um, personal information for people that, blah, blah, blah. right. That has information on it that, you know, it's got names and things on there that people are entitled to privacy, blah, blah, blah. So after that, he gets involved with, um, a representative, William Lacey Clay Jr., who was actually already questioning Congress in a hearing over the Pat Tillman death. Oh. So he was like, you know, they, they most certainly do have, you know, a right to that. So her, Lavina's dad actually went on television with a representative from the military, you know, because they were doing like a joint interview. Mm-hmm. You know, the military was trying to shut shit down and Lavina's dad was like, no, let's talk. So on that interview, he actually got that representative from the military to agree to release that CD to him. Oh, OK. The, the person on the, the interview was like, yeah, as soon as we get done processing your request, we'll get that for you. And then that guy got fired. And then no, they were like, his dad, his dad actually did get a copy of the CD-ROM which is where a lot of the crime scene evidence photos um, that I'm going to be sending you came from is, is, you know, they were released by the dad. So they actually petitioned, they had her body exhumed in order to do an additional autopsy. Oh, wow. Okay. And reports and photographs revealed that her nose was broken. She had a black eye. Her teeth were loose. And portions of her vagina and anus and the tip of her tongue had been cut out of her body. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, cut out. And there's no no mention of this in the military's autopsy report. And when I say cut out, I mean like cut out, like pieces of it. Oh my god. Yeah, people believe, a lot of people are saying, and her dad especially, with the nine millimeter, um, he thinks that the reason that the tip of her tongue was removed is because when someone shot her, that's where the bullet became lodged was in her tongue. And they mm. had to get rid of it in order to, you know, because if it, she's got a bullet in her tongue, how is this suicide? So, I mean, this is like some Gary Ridgway shit or like, yeah. what the hell? This, Yep. So let's I- let's back up a little bit. So she had only been in Iraq, in Balad, Iraq, for eight weeks when all this happened. And she, how do I put this? She had reported a sexual assault. Okay. Now, when I say reported, she had gone to the hospital to seek treatment. Okay. But she did not, it's, it's unknown whether she reported it to any kind of, you know, military police, MPs, anything like that. But she was being treated for genital warts. Okay. Now, with that being said, um, a little while, well, we'll get over, we'll go over that when we go over theories. But one thing that people are thinking is that the reason that her anus and vagina were had pieces cut out of them is I don't know if you're familiar with it or not but there's this stuff that the military use like in combat zones called wound stat uh-huh. it's this powder or it's yeah. a liquid I'm sorry that you put into a gunshot wound or you know any kind of injury and it fills the wound but the thing is in order it doesn't just come out you have to have it surgically removed I mean, my, I guess my assumption would be that whoever did that did it so there wouldn't be any semen left over. Right. They were trying to destroy evidence because right. you can't tell, you know, there would be no way to tell if there had been any sexual trauma, you know, there, you know, none of that. And my guess is they cut that out so that way there was no evidence, you know, that it was ever there. So that way, I mean, why would she put wound stat in herself? Right. Wait, so are you saying that stuff, there was evidence of that stuff or there wasn't? No, there's not. But that is okay. the biggest, you know, reason why people think that those parts of her body may be missing. Hmm. Okay. And because, you know, someone put it in there, like maybe they sexually assaulted her 
and then put that stuff like that. We're talking about a completely different possible sexual assault. Right. Right. So they sexually assaulted her, put the wound stat in her vagina and anus to, you know, they planned on killing her, but that way they couldn't do any kind of DNA sampling. They couldn't even tell if she had been sexually assaulted. Right. Because it would fill the crevices and you can't get it out. You have to cut it out. Right. And that would also explain my baby why maybe her gloves were glued on her hands. Maybe because they didn't want them to be able to take any fingerprints, hair, skin. Yeah, exactly. Because like, I'm sure she fought like hell. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so they actually said many speculated that, um, the, the wounds that, Cause it also caused like chemical burns on her genitals, Ugh. and they said that that's probably an attempt to destroy DNA evidence. Now they also say that bloody footprints were discovered outside of the living quarters. Now she was discovered in a contractor's tent, so she was on base, and the, she was she was supposed to show up for a class. Okay, the day that she's missing, so she was seen with a fellow soldier on the um the base or you know well base where they're sca- they're stationed and she was supposed to go to pt or physical training and she had on her pt uniform her sweats and her t-shirt and her shoes and then she just didn't show up but okay. it really didn't cause anybody to be super concerned at first because you know it's a big place Maybe she was at the communications tent, you know, calling home or whatever. But eventually when she didn't show up to that class that she was supposed to be at, people started questioning and she was eventually found in this contractor's tent. Um, So let me show you. Let me find the correct. So many pictures. (laughs) So this is a picture of the contractor's tent that she was found in. Okay. So kind of isolated and everything. So, yeah. um, So, I I mean, I get it why they may not have found her right away. Um, But I'm going to, this is a crime scene photo of her. Like in, in the crime scene. And for the people that choose not to view the scene, the, the picture, it's totally fine. I can give you a brief description of what you see. So in the middle of the screen, you see Lavina in her workout uniform laying oh, on her God. back with her arm draped over her head in a pool of blood by her head. Next to her is a cot. And, and that is to the right of her. And then Where's the, the gun? Right, to the right of the cot. Oh, how the fuck did it end up all the way over there? Exactly. exactly. And it's like perfectly straight, laid down, like, okay. Well, you want to hear something else super fun? That's stupid. Okay, yes. So there were, they tested Lavina's hands, supposedly, and there was no gunshot residue on them. <sighs> but the funny thing is, too, her fingerprints weren't on the trigger of the gun either. Okay, wait. So these dumb fucks, whoever did this to her, went through all that trouble to conceal evidence and didn't first at least put her hand on the trigger. What a bunch of idiots. I don't think, I think when they took these pictures, they didn't know right away what it was that they were going to be concealing. Oh, so you're saying you think this stuff was done after she was dead, not... Yeah, I think whoever did it. I think whoever whoever did it. I think, well, I think whoever did it was stupid and figured it would just, and we'll get into why I think this is a cover-up. Okay. So, funny, okay, so her fingerprints are not on the weapon either. Okay, well, that's weird. So then her dad asked, you know, how did that gun get over there? And the military's like, well, I think the, the first responder moved it over there, which would make sense. You know, because they don't know what they're looking at. They don't know if someone used that weapon, if they're still nearby. You know, they don't, because this doesn't look like a suicide scene. 
No, it doesn't. But also, in 2005, by that time, everybody should know, do not move anything in a crime scene. Right. But the funny thing is, the the first responder's fingerprints aren't on it either. And he wasn't wearing gloves. Hmm. So that weapon okay. was wiped clean and placed there. Not okay. even kidding. So let's take a look at Lavina's a little bit closer. Now, this one is a little bit more graphic. Okay. This is a picture of her face, like face forward, how her arm was positioned over her hand or over her face. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That doesn't seem like a normal. If she. No, it doesn't. I mean, she would have to shoot herself, fling the gun, and then fold her arm over her head. That doesn't make any sense. No, and there's no way the gun would have landed all the way over there perfectly in a straight line. Like, it it would have landed haphazardly and, like, uh, it's very unlikely, I guess, that it would have landed exactly. that way. So, the last picture, and I am going to apologize for this. This one is pretty rough. Okay. This is her laying on her stomach. And I want to see if you noticed what I noticed in this picture. Okay. Um... I mean, look at her butt. Yeah, what's wrong with it? That's that's dirt and debris. Looks like she was dragged. Oh, okay. But only on one side? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Ugh. Because how would she get, you know, like... If you look um, in the picture of a that I sent first sent you of her, um, the crime scene, the one with the gun in it, look at that side mm-hmm. of the body too. That whole leg is covered in dirt. Yeah, it is. I, okay, I did notice that and I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. So okay. now we're going to go into some theories as far as why the military thinks that it could be suicide. Um, why? Because that's the party line. Right. And why some believe that they would have motive to cover this up. So the main reason that they think that it would could be suicide or why they they are attributing to suicide is a couple of days before this happened, Lavina and her boyfriend of two months broke up. And this boyfriend of was stayed staged was deployed over there and part of her unit or like somebody else. No, he was he was over. Um, uh, he was in the, he was stateside still. He was not in the military. Okay. And the military says she was so distraught and so upset, and she was eating ice cream several times a day, and. Oh, here we go. The women are crazy theory and they can't live without us, so they have to die. But here's the thing. There are no psychological evaluations to prove that she had any depression, any nothing. And that when you're deployed, that is something that is screened frequently. Right. Because the last thing they want is for someone who is a danger to themselves or to others to be in a place where they could do some damage. They're a danger to the mission. Yep. You know, so they would get her out of there real quick if they even let her deploy at all. Yeah. So that I'm like, "Mm, no. And then some are like, well, maybe she was really, really distraught over the sexual assault that happened. And, you know, I could I could see that like, okay, you know, because she had been hiding it. She didn't tell her family about it because she didn't she was very independent. And I can see where, you know. She didn't want to be like, you guys told me not to come here and look what happened. You know, I did it anyway. And then I got, you know, so she kept it secret. Her family didn't even know about it until after they requested all this information. And it was in her personnel file. So, I mean, that's, that's super sad, you know, even. So if we were to move on and go over different, um, possible scenarios as far as why this may be because if you think about it the military is not going to cover something up like this or go to these lengths 
for some just random enlistee. No, absolutely not. It's got to be somebody higher up in the ranks or it's got to be a lot of people involved that, I mean. So here's the thing. Let me tell you about a story. I mean, I grew up in the military, so there's Same. some things I could say, but I will let you. Yeah. yeah you... <laughs> so Lavina's job was she was in charge of the communication center. She part of those duties were to open it and close it at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. And one day there were some guys in there and this is where they would, you know, email home, call home. It was kind of like a hangout place. So it was time to, to shut down. And Lavina was telling these guys, you know, okay, it's, it's, it's time to go home. You know, it's time to get out of here. And they weren't listening to her and they were giving her kind of a hassle. And in walks a four-star general. Wait, okay, I'm sorry, back up. This really happened, or this is a theory? Oh, this really happened. Okay, all right, continue. So in walks this four-star general, who proceeds to tell the soldiers that they need to leave. But instead of reprimanding the soldiers, he reprimands Lavina. He says that she is not going to get any kind of respect or anyone to listen to her unless she learns to use her voice. She's too soft-spoken, and the men won't listen to her. So she's upset and, you know, she's talking to her dad about it. And her dad kind of knows how the military works. Right. So he tells it's her. It's a boys club. It still exactly. is a boys club. It's always going to be. I don't care how many women are in the military. I love you all. I appreciate you. Thank you for fighting the good fight. The military will always be a, a boys club. Exactly. So she's talking to her dad about this. And her, like I said, her dad's a veteran and he's also right. a psychologist. Um for the military so he tells her he's like you need to go to your commanding officer and you need to request a battle buddy hmm. and a battle buddy is essentially like a buddy that you know you don't go anywhere by yourself you know they're just they just kind of watch your back and you watch theirs but then people um, perceive you as weak right um so she's like no i'm good and then her dad tells her he's like either you do it i'm going to give you a certain amount of time to do it or I'm going to contact your commanding officer and I'm going to do it for you. But if her dad knows, he should already know that's just going to put a bigger target on her back. Exactly. Like you can't, yes, you can have that person, but they can't be with you 24 seven. And right. the people who are already targeting you are just going to look for that one opportunity when you're by yourself. Like, right. So it's like this, when you, it's like when you tell on a bully. Like exactly. You, you want to tell on them, but at the same time, if their mom calls your mom or the school gets involved, you're going to get the shit beat out of you 10 times more than if exactly. you just kept your mouth shut. And I'm not saying it's so, right, but that's how it works. Right. And the military is just bigger bullies with way more ability to hide shit. Yeah. So with that being said, this four-star general was, I'm not going to go over his name because he's not been charged with anything. Anybody that wants to Google the case can find out his information. I just don't want to get a suit. Yeah. So this four-star general was already reprimanded once by the military because he was having an extramarital affair mm. with a civilian. Okay. So some people think that maybe, and they were, they told him that if he were caught again, that he would be discharged from the military. Now he yeah. was, he was like ninety days away from full retirement. Oh wow! And they let him go. And they do take that shit seriously. Yeah, I will say. Well, the thing is, he is the first four-star general that's ever been removed for disciplinary reasons. Oh, now they won't go over why he was removed, but some speculation says that Lavina maybe caught him with this mistress because she was a civilian contractor on the base mm. and she was silenced. Yeah, I could see that. Now Lavina's case was actually put before like, let me find the notes. Um, Um, 
they did, you know, like investigations and Donald Rumsfeld and George W. Bush were actually involved in like confidential closed door hearings in regards to her case. Okay. But the military came back and said once again, you know, it's, um, you know, we don't have anything telling us it's anything other than su- or suicide. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like crime scene basics 101 that you know there's no way. Like, if you're going to try to cover up and make something look like a suicide, can you actually fucking make it look like it was a suicide? Like, this in no way looks like that. <laughs> right. And that's why I think, too, that um, I think it you know, has something to do with someone higher up because I'm sure they assumed that, you know, her family would just fall in line. I don't think they ever expected any additional, you know, questions or anything. I think they just assumed, especially with her dad being former military, they were just going to fall in line. And I think that um, that's why there really weren't any efforts made to cover it up properly. I think, you know, sadly, I think, I don't know. Man. But okay. And the M16 fun fact um that was in the tent with her that where she died. Reports say that's not even the M16 that was assigned to her. Who was it assigned to? That they don't know. Or they aren't yes, releasing. Yes, they do. I was going to say oh, they definitely know. They fucking do too, no. <laughs> uh Okay. So another thing is, um, so her family, like I said, they actually paid or they actually had her body exhumed for two separate autopsies. And one of them was actually paid by, paid for by the CBS network. Really? And then, yeah. And then they just decided not to do anything with it. Hmm. I mean, I can't think of any reason why a news network would invest money and time and resources in something and then just shut it down. I mean, other than a military. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. Somebody got in their ear. Mm -hmm. They also found out in the second, their second autopsy that her neck was broken. Hmm. Which would not be caused. I mean, if you're looking at the entrance wound and the exit wound, that's not a bullet thing. Yeah, I mean, it would it would have to look a lot different for that to even be a possibility. Because, especially if you think, okay, the mouth is the entrance. And let's say, just for argument's sake, that exit wound that they're saying is an exit wound. None of that's near your spine. None of that's even near, like, a vertebrae that would cause that. Yep. And there were something that also caught my attention too is like, you know, the abrasions and the the wound, the possibility of the wound stat and everything being there. She also had a severe burn to her thigh and her stomach. Hmm. But they were fresh, but she was dressed. So I'm thinking she was probably confronted and murdered outside of the tent dragged in the tent and or you know redressed and then and displayed that mm-hmm. way to make it yeah because that whole th- i mean that whole for anybody who wants to go look at that picture it all looks staged there's no way her arm could have landed like that there's no way the gun could be where the gun was and okay fine oh the emts moved it oh uh, there's no fingerprints on it like <laughs> come on there's no fingerprints on it that's not possible right somebody's fingerprints have to be on that gun unless it was wiped clean. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I, you know, I feel like I can say this. <laughs> um, it's definitely a cover up. For oh, we, for sure. We just don't know. We just don't know exactly who or why, but. Right. And they didn't even really work that hard. That's what no. sucks. Is it's yeah. like, this is sloppy. This is sloppy ass shit. If you're, and I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to speak ill or like, make a joke of anything that has to do with this because this is serious. But if you're going to fucking try to cover up a crime and especially make it look like a suicide. Put some damn is, effort in it. Yeah, that's some like fifth grade shit. That's not like, you wouldn't even get a Dateline special for that. Like, 
Right. Like, try a little harder, guys. But what that tells me is, I know I can do this as lazily as possible and still fucking get away with it because of who I know in the military. Right. That's exactly what that tells me. And here's what kind of sucks is that this made me kind of dig into some additional research and stuff. Because, you know, we have all of these cases that have kind of, you know, the whole Fort Hood thing. We're not even going to go into oh, that. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, Vanessa Guillen, all of mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, but unfortunately, the military is one of those environments, the work environments where sexual harassment and misconduct just gets kind of shoved under the rug. Right. And but actually, don't, but don't cheat on your wife. Right. <laughs> yeah. In 2018, 25,000 service members were sexually assaulted or raped. In one year. And of those, 13,000 of them were women. I mean. And that's an increase of 50%, which is the biggest jump since 2016. And statistics say that, sadly, one in three women who join the military will be sexually assaulted or raped by men in the military. Yeah. It's not surprising at all. And unfortunately, these statistics are not provided to women when they are being recruited. Of course not. But it's also the thing that, and I am not speaking this way about all men in the military as a whole, because I know men who are or have been in the military. One of my best friends, he is a really good person. He's a doctor. He's been in overseas a few times. He's fought for our country. Like he is not one of those people. My dad is not one of those people. My brother is not one of those people. Right. So I, I'm not saying it's across the board, But you have to admit that to be in the military, to go through all that training, to have that mindset, there are certain types of men. It's like guys who become cops. Yeah, There's a huge proportion of them that are misogynistic, that don't want to see women in the military, or that just feel like they have the right to whatever they want. Yep. And, And they know they can get away with it. And so it's a power trip, but it's even more of a power trip because you know you're not going to get in trouble. Right. And that's what's so frustrating about it because not, I don't want to say that it's only women that are being sexually assaulted and raped. Men are as well. I mean, you know, 25,000 and then 13,000 of those are women, you know, that leaves the other portion to be men. So. Oh, that's actually, okay. I didn't make that connection, but that's, that's actually really interesting. Yeah. But not in a good way. That's right. I, no, I would have expected the women to be more. Right. You would think that, you know, statistically and, you know, percentage wise that the, but I think it's when you think about the ratio of men to women in the military, I think when you think about it like that, it's very disproportionate. Like, yeah, there's 25,000 of those 12,000. Well, there's probably five times as many men enlisted as there are women. So, I mean, right. that's still a very, very staggering number. Um, One thing I did forget to mention in regards to the crime scene, um, her dad actually said, you know, and he's got way better pictures than what I have. You know, he's got, you know, the whole CD-ROM and we are just able to see a few of the photos. And I mean, this man has spent the last 15, 20 years, you know, dedicated to bringing justice for, for Lavina. So this, these images are images that he looks at every day. Can you imagine being a father and having no. to see these images of your daughter mutilated? And Oh, I can't even imagine. But he says that in one of the photos that he has, you can actually see footprints in the blood. And that some of the pictures taken outside of the tent, there are droplets of blood, which would indicate, you know, again, that maybe she was murdered outside and then taken into the tent to kind of conceal her. Um, And also the tent had a small fire set to it. Now they're saying that she, because she, and I forgot to mention this name. I'm so sorry. um, She had printed out emails between her and the boyfriend that had just broken up and she lit them on fire. And they're saying that she, you know, she, set the fa- the the tent on fire and then shot herself which doesn't make a whole lot of sense no that doesn't make her crazy that just makes her you know i and mean yeah we, we don't normally set shit on fire because we're grieving but sometimes you especially sometimes you do okay exactly so, like i <laughs> she was 19 years old yeah 
you know, and I know when I was that age and someone broke my heart, I lit pictures on fire and, you know, just felt like I needed to purge myself of everything. Like, you know, Uh there were some burned letters and she didn't have letters. She had emails. She probably printed them off. She probably didn't have pictures of him, you know, probably printed them off as maybe like a catharsis kind of thing. Right. And, you know, she might've just been doing that. And then maybe, I don't know, heard something outside of the tent and went outside to investigate what it was. And she was ambushed. Now, I don't know if, I don't think that this four-star general was directly impact or, you know, involved in her, like, actual killing. I think he had it. I think if he had anything to do with it, he had people do it for him. Of course. And I think that's where the, the sexualist, like, an additional sexual assault took place. Yeah. And then, you know, the wound stat. And because they're, yeah, it's just, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And it's heartbreaking. And, you know, the, the family, yeah, the family has kind of gone quiet. And I don't know if that's just because they're, they're feeling defeated or, you know, maybe they've gotten some additional answers that they need and they just have chosen not to make it public or, you know, because they've been very public about their grieving process, you know, for like the first 10 years. And it's so sad because her mom can't even have pictures of her daughter in the home anymore because it's just too hard. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that. But I this, this is like one of the, like I said, one of the most infuriating cases that I've come across. Yeah. Um, I had never heard of it. Like, and it surprises me because that seems like it's a huge like just clusterfuck. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've seen a few good men enough times to know. Yeah. Military has some fucking power. Yeah. But Okay, that's a joke, but like <laughs> seriously. I mean, and like I was telling you too, you know that lawyer I was telling you about that um was kind of doing his own investigation and he's the one that came up with the the serial numbers not matching. Nobody knows where he got his information or anything. Right. But he came up with the serial numbers not matching and all of that stuff. Well, he issued a public or a, a public arrest warrant for this four-star general, um, like a citizen's arrest, like saying, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, he. It's like a like a warrant. Like if you see this man, he is, you know, he's eligible for a citizen's arrest based on Alabama law. Interesting. Yeah. Good luck, sir. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's saying he can arrest him. I'm like, I am not going to go to arrest a um, four-star military yeah. general because he'd probably nope. kick my ass. Yeah. Somebody would kill me in my sleep and make it look like a suicide. Yeah. <laughs> so that's part of the reason I'm not naming anybody. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll just stay over here and not do it. Do that. Yeah. Our Florida weather's real sucky. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, that was shitty. Yeah. But a, a, a great story to tell. To, I mean, when I say great, I don't mean like, yeah. but a, a, a good way to ring us back into the, the swing of things. Yeah. I appreciate everyone's patience while we kind of got everything situated. You know, mental health is important. It is. So I appreciate Amanda with her support and, um, we're Healthy here to government. have fun and entertain people, and we are not putting pressure on ourselves to do shit. Exactly. So this will bring us to our conclusion. I would strongly encourage, there is a change.org petition out there that you can sign. Um, I'll put a link when the episode airs um, to go out and see if we can get uh, Lavina's case reopened. Um, there are... Like I said, evidence, pictures out there, crime scene photos. If you choose to look at them, that is up to you. Amanda saw them. They are graphic. Um, So, you know, just use that with your discretion. Um, Yeah. So with that being said, we would love to hear your thoughts on the case. You know, your theories. If you want to share them to the page, that would be great. Um, Do you want to tell our lovely listeners where they can find you, Miss Amanda? Sure. Um, When I'm not here agonizing over true crime stories that haven't been solved, 
Um, I am hosting The Sip List, which is a top five podcast. So if you need a reprieve from the shit that's bumming you out, go check that out. Um, Super fun. We have got, coming up soon, um, 2010's Summer Jams, um, 80s rom-coms, and cover songs. So um, I also co-host an evening at the movies with Casey and the three of us, including Shan here, uh, host Literature Reapers, which is a monthly book review podcast. Um, our next book will come out in July, and it's The Last Word by Taylor Adams. So, And it is wanna... a wild ride. It's, it's a crime yeah. story. So if you enjoy the stories we tell here, definitely encourage you to check it out. I'm about a third of the way through, and my mind is reeling. I am finishing up People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. Oh, and I, love gonna, that book. I yeah, love that book. Yeah, I'm it. almost at the end. Um, and then I'm going to start The Last Word. I just finally... Uh, so honestly, The Last Word has been tough to find. I was on a wait list at the library. Barnes & Noble and like other places, it was like 30 bucks. Half Price Books by Me didn't have it. So I, fi- I finally just ordered it on Amazon and it was like 25 bucks. It was fine. Yeah. I think I, I, I got it through book of the month. Right. Which I still want to do. Um, I just didn't want to wait too long for it at this point. Right. We're at the end of June. So I need to get it read. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. I definitely encourage our readers to check it out. And then, you know, if you want to hear our thoughts on it, definitely check us out on literature reapers in July. Yeah. I feel like it's one I'll be able to get through pretty fast. Um, just by what it's about, I can get through those kind of stories very quickly. Um, I just read Geneva Rose's You Shouldn't Have Come Here in like a day and a half. I so. read that one too. Did you? Yeah. I did. I so, all right. But yeah, that's it. Um, check us out and check out the shows. And yeah, thanks all for right. listening to us. And I am Shan, and you can find me here every Tuesday with Amanda when we give you cold cases that haven't gotten a lot of attention, and hopefully we we warm them back up so they can get back out there and get new eyes and ears on them. So we're glad you could join us, and again, um, join us on Facebook and give us a, a review if you'd like on any platform that you listen to your podcasts on. That would be awesome. We love it. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Bye. See you, see you next True Crime Tuesday. Woohoo! <laughs>